Real Presence Live. Religion has understood things about the way humans function long before science was able to prove anything. Local. It's always important for all of us to kind of look externally and say, what about these family? They are just like the Holy Family. They're experiencing the same persecution. Engaging. Jesus wants to be with us. I always think of that as at the heart of the Eucharist. Live. A mystery then of the rosary allows us to see a teaching of the church, but to be able to go deeper within that teaching. Welcome, welcome to Real Presence Radio. We are so excited that you are listening with us this morning and joining us uh, my host, uh, Roxanne Solonen. This is our first time together, (laughs) and it's a very exciting. Roxanne is such a dear friend. My name's Janine Bitson, and we are so grateful that you are joining us this morning. Uh, we would really like to start with prayer. Uh, all things come from prayer. It's the most important thing we could ever do in our whole life. So in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we ask you, Lord God, to be with us today and with all of our listeners that are joining us, that you fill their hearts with love, with charity, with all the good things that need to be done in order to evangelize and bring the gospel to the people that we meet on the streets today, that we meet uh, in our homes, our families, and the strangers. Thank you so much for this beautiful day across our listening area. Amen. 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 Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Wow, so Aaron, we have an incredible show today. If you could just give us a recap on what's coming up in the next couple hours. Absolutely. We are looking forward to a great show today. We've got Father Anthony Craig coming up talking about marriage prep during the summer months. It's going to be great. And then we have Father Kyle Metzger for our Straight Talk segment. Look forward to that. Then in the second hour, we've got Sister Mary Bede. She's going to be talking about a beautiful vocation that she's been called to. And just absolutely amazing story there. We've also got our 10-minute tour, and we've got Rick Klein to talk about an Aberdeen, South Dakota Catholic Schools event coming up. And we've also got Father Mark McCormick talking about the Bishop's Fishing Tournament. That's going to be amazing. So we've got great guests today. Looking forward to all this right here on Real Presence Live. Right back to you, ladies. Oh, thank you so much, Aaron. It it never ceases to amaze me, all the wonderful people that God brings to this show to yeah. share the good news. And as he was going through the lineup, I was just thinking, I'm so glad it's summer. <laughs> I'm so glad <laughs> that we're past the, it just seemed like it was never going to end. But now we get these fishing things and all these outdoor things, marriage, you know, weddings, and it's just a beautiful season. Oh, you're so right, Roxanne. We were at a wedding this last Saturday, and I am really excited to visit with Father Anthony Craig. Um, A sacramental marriage, what a gift. What an incredible gift. And for you and I, we've been blessed with sacramental marriages, and it's so beautiful to see young people choosing the mass, you know, the, the nuptial mass to, mm-hmm. to join, you know, in their sacramental marriage. Uh, what a gift, what a gift that is. So to have this, God in our marriage, to have him at the center, you know, knowing that with that, I, I just remember one card sticks out to me from my marriage back in 1991. Um, keep God in your life, you know, and, and, and it's just, what a beautiful message that's 
I don't remember anything else that was written, but... <laughs> oh, well, and that is the most important thing, because it is when we have good holy marriages, it's because God is the center of our lives together. And, and that's what's going to be so exciting. So for those of you out there in our listening area, stay tuned for Father Anthony Craig. He is from the Diocese of Duluth. And of course, Duluth is a special place for both you and I too, Roxanne. Yes. I mean, it's got a lot of connections and special times with our family. So we're excited to to have him join us this morning. Yeah, so this is our first time hosting together, Roxanne and I, but we have been good friends for many, many years. Our kids going to school together and singing together, and and it's just such a blessing to be with you today. I was just thinking, I don't know, yesterday something came up in my mind, and I thought of the March for Life and, and those trips that we took together and how, how much fun you had uh, showing us around your your old homeland. <laughs> so. Yeah, for those of you do, who don't know, I uh, grew up in the Washington, D.C. area. And so it was just a, a good fit to help Father Charles with the March for Lives. And, and it was such a blessing for me to do so as well. Well, good morning, Father Anthony. We have Father Anthony Craig from the Diocese of Duluth joining us. How are you today? Good morning. I am very well. Thank you. Oh, fantastic. I tell you, the, the area of Duluth, if my husband said, let's move to Duluth, I'd, I'd be packing my house up right now. <laughs> it is so gorgeous <laughs> yes. up there. Yes, it is. This is why people live up here during the summer months. It's, it's beauty is just definitely shines. Oh, it is. But even in the winter, if you like to ski, Lutzen is a great place to go. <laughs> oh, well, welcome. We are so excited um, for you to talk to us about the t uh, topic of marriage preparation during the summer months. But before we begin, uh, can you share with us a little bit about yourself? Well, sure. Um, I grew up in Pequot Lakes, Minnesota, and I have five brothers and sisters, and now 10 nieces and nephews. And my dad's a permanent deacon. He's been a deacon longer than I've been alive, actually. So he baptized me when I was um, just an infant and um, grew up and sensed a call to consider the priesthood. And I went to St. John Vianney College Seminary at St. Paul at St. Thomas. And then I was sent after that to study theology in Rome. So I was there for four years and then came back, was ordained in 2011, and at that point, um, I've had various assignments. One of them was actually going out to Washington, D.C. to study at the Pontifical John Paul II Institute for Studies on Marriage and Family, uh, where I really fell in love with Christian anthropology and just seeing what helps a human person flourish. And uh, then I came back and continued to serve the diocese now as a pastor in Chisholm and Buell, the two little towns here north of Duluth, and then I also work in the marriage and family office uh, as well. That's fantastic. Wow. Father, this is Roxanne Solon, and, um, and I have a question for you. Uh, this, these summer months are a great time for preparing for the sacrament of marriage. Uh, do you have cu couples that you're working with right now to prepare for marriage? Yes, in these, these small towns, surprisingly, many have come to me for prep, and I have eight couples in marriage prep right now. Um, and their weddings will occur now between now and the end of November. So it's really exciting. There's a lot of them. And they're you know, mostly in their mid to late 20s or early 30s. So that's where... Uh, and they're all from the area or have connections in the area. A couple of them just have... Couple, uh, some of them come up from the cities for prep, actually. There's one couple that comes up from the cities, from uh, St. Paul, Minneapolis, uh, to do prep and will be married up here as well. 
So, so we know marriage isn't always easy. There, there are lots of challenges which can help us grow uh, in, in our faith and towards each other. Um, what are some of the, the issues, I guess, that the, the challenges that couples are having that you're kind of noticing, maybe that were different in the past? I, I'm just curious because it's something we all probably have gone through at one point or another and just to kind of encourage us. Yeah, there's plenty of challenges in this day. There's there's no doubt. One of the challenges that these couples face is some of it is personal history um, to try and heal memories, perhaps, of their sexual past, perhaps, or just also other ways where the marriage that they came from, their mom and dad, uh, maybe didn't last, you know, so their children are divorced and things like that. So they have to overcome that uh, as well. But there's always ways forward. And it doesn't matter because that's the marriage that came before them. This is now their marriage. They right. can begin it well. Right. They can begin it with the Lord and also with each other, um, with that strong sense of commitment and uh, to not surrender to the difficulties around them. But as we surrender to God, there is much more power in that. Um, there's a very powerful soul uh, if they've completely surrendered to the Lord. So um, I always try to con- encourage them in whatever state you know they're in. There's always a way forward. Oh, that's so beautiful, Father Anthony, because we do live in a world where there is a lot of uh, a lack of fidelity, a lack of uh, commitment, and how beautiful it is that you're helping these young couples and, and couples of all ages uh, prepare for marriage and then also beyond um, that that sacrament being instilled, um, you know, as they go through life. So what is all involved? What is involved in, in the marriage preparation classes that you give? Well, you know, boy, there's uh, a lot to cover, of course, and there's only so much one can cover in that sure. time where they're engaged. But it's it's a preparation for a sacrament. And every sacrament uh, to prepare well um, is to live it well, hopefully. So we want to prepare as best we can. The military kind of uses some of this uh, similarly. They say train hard to fight easy. And so you want to kind of use the preparation time, not as like a heavy, intense period, but a time of gazing at what marriage is and what it is not. So it's, it entails like the, a study of human relations, like the differences between male and female, looking at your family of origin especially, you have a lot of preparation for marriage that actually begins in the home as you're growing up as a child and then as a teenager and then as an adult. A lot of that preparation happens while you're growing up, especially if you have siblings that are of the opposite sex. You know, say if you if you have sisters and you're a man, um, you'll kind of recognize that my sisters don't think like me. My sisters take a little bit more time in the bathroom or whatever it might be. Um, I want to, uh, then they kind of gather this sense that there is, they, they need certain um, things. They start to kind of recognize needs in the other, and it helps them in marriage because they'll have to get along with someone they live with um, that's not their parent, you know, things like that. So they actually also learn communication and conflict resolution in the home as well. So what you want to do is look at that and see the strengths and weaknesses that came from your family of origin. And then to go forward, um, focusing more on what should be done about the weaknesses, you know, and have a little bit of a plan so that you're not surprised when you're in marriage. Also, we look at intimacy and fertility and parenting things, as well as our Catholic identity. How does the faith inform the marriage in such an enormous way, since God is the author of marriage, to look at the strong meaning behind it? Because the practicalities 
those will come about through kind of daily troubleshooting and how do we move forward in this context. And each context will be different. But to see the meaning and the strong thread under, underlying that, that this is my path to God. Right. Um, this is my path to God. And that's what's so beautiful, Father, is that sacramental marriages, it is, it's a union of the man, the woman with God. It's, uh, it's all been, it's a foretaste of, of what's to come in eternal life in heaven. I just want to um, just remind our listeners that um, you're listening to Real Presence Radio, and it's my name is Janine Bitson, and my co-host today is Roxanne Solonen, and we are so blessed to have Father Anthony Craig of the Diocese of Duluth talk to us about preparing for marriage, and what a great thing to do in these summer months uh, to prepare for sacramental marriage. So we would just want to thank you again, uh, Father Anthony, for being with us. You know, there's a, a beauty and boldness to the sacrament of marriage, and can can you tell us more what that sacramental marriage should be looking like. Well, yeah, the the beauty and boldness of the sacrament of marriage is something that is there at the very beginning uh, when you make your vows. And in that moment, you've now made this strong vow in front of all of your friends and family, those who have been invited to the wedding itself. And then... The church writes your your moments there on the on the heavens, really, of your of your commitment, and then it becomes the record of your highest moment. And there's a boldness in that you you give your freedom to someone else, and you go forward together. And so I always want to try to emphasize the reality there that I've made my choice. You know, it's a good thing for couples to even say that after marriage is to say I've made my choice, and that's always going to be my choice, and my choice is my joy. I mean, a vocation to marriage is really where your deep gladness meets the world's great need, because the world will need a good marriage and a good example of marriage. You can be part of the light and the healing that needs to be there in this world. Mm. Um, and then, go ahead, sorry. Oh, I was just thinking, what a witness. Um, it, it, I was thinking how different it must be from past times, this marriage preparation that you have to do, there's so much more that we need to do to, to, to bring that light into it and, and even just to explain what it is and define the genders and things like that. But, mm-hmm. but what a witness. What, and, and to, I was thinking it must be such a, a you, you, you can encourage couples through, through that and letting them be the, know that they're a light for the world. What, a, what an important mission. What other encouragement would you have for those getting ready for this sacrament? It, it is a daunting thing to, to think about the rest of your life with this one person. Yes, for sure. I would give three things to um, somebody, an encouragement, of course, for preparing for this sacrament of marriage. I would practice chastity, of course, is one of them. Just continue to make disciplines upon your life that will help your life, help you uh, order your own self to possess yourself more, that you can give yourself. You know, all self-restraint is ordered to the gift of self, uh, that you can make yourself more of a gift. So chastity is, in fact, about redirecting our passions towards uh, their ultimate end in, in marriage for those who are called to marriage. And then secondly, I would say pray for your future spouse, even one decade of the Rosary Forum or an Our Father, Hail Mary, Glory Be, desire their good above our own. I hope that they become a saint before I do. And then thirdly, I'd say ask advice from a content and healthy marriage that you see around you. 
there's always good marriages that can be found. It takes a little bit of attentiveness on them, but to see that they're living it well or well enough in this world and ask them for advice. Well, those are three great, great... uh, that it's just so beautiful, Father, because I was at a wedding this last Saturday and our dear friends, their daughter got married and it was just so refreshing to see such a beautiful liturgical, you know, nuptial wedding um, with the, the beauty of the liturgy. And there were even some people um, in front of us who were Lutheran and they were like, that is the most incredible service I've ever seen. It, it is. It's a <laughs> it's a union that you have with God. It, it's, it, it's a divine sacrament, and, and it's just so beautiful when it's done well. And we thank you so much for, for you know, leading this marriage prep in your diocese and, and also helping the couples coming up from the cities. That's fantastic. And to have marriage preparation done well, it can only help the couples to have a more fruitful sacramental marriage. Absolutely. No, it's a joy to be with you today as well. Yeah, thank you. Well, thank you, Father, for joining us. And we look forward to having you back again. You spoke so well about marriage, so we'd, we'd love to have you on again. And um, so coming up next, do you have a question about faith or anything about the world around us? Get those questions ready because we're having our straight talk segment, which is always fun. And later, one woman's life changed from a life of success to a life of solitude. Stay tuned as Real Presence Live continues. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live will be coming to you five days a week starting in July. That's right. Beginning July 1st, we'll bring you Real Presence Live Monday through Friday mornings from 9 to 11 Central with an encore of each show on Saturday. Plus, we'll bring you new hosts, new locations, and new opportunities to share stories of faith and pray for those in need. Stay tuned for more details. It's Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live five days a week, beginning July 1st, only on the RPR Network. The only things hotter than the summer heat are the rates to run radio spots on the RPR network. That's not all. The signal of Real Presence Radio reaches an audience of over 2.1 million people across North Dakota, Minnesota, South Dakota, Wisconsin, and Wyoming. Hi, this is Brett Byler, Area Account Executive with Real Presence Radio, and I want to help you grow your business in front of a very faithful customer base. Don't wait. Call me, Brett Byler, at 605-670-8333. Real Presence Radio is now on Google Assistant devices, including Google Home, phones, tablets, and smart displays. To start this action, say something like, OK, Google, talk to Real Presence Radio. It will then ask what station you want to play, to which you can respond, play Sioux Falls, or play AM 970, or play WWEN. From there, you can use words like play, pause, and stop. Listen to RPR anytime, anywhere, now on Google Assistant devices. One very important parish will receive special treatment at the 2020 Built Upon a Rock Fest, including catered lunch on the concert day, meet and greet with the bands, and a special preview performance. Built Upon a Rock Fest is grateful for parish support and wants to give back. All sponsoring parishes will be entered into a drawing, and the VIP will be drawn on stage at the concert on September 14th. For details, check out builtuponarockfest.com. Builtuponarockfest.com. 
We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. You're listening to the RPR Network. Now back to more Real Presence Live. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. My name is Janine Vitson and my co-host Roxanne Solonen joining me today is such a joy because we're good friends and but yet this is our first time on air together. So it's uh, we're we're real punctual and poor Aaron <laughs> behind the scenes is like not used to going to break on time. So <laughs> We're uh, sorry about that little hiccup, but we are so blessed that you are joining us this morning. And um, to talk about sacramental marriage is such a joy. It, it is the gift that God gives us uh, in one of the most beautiful gifts uh, next to his sacrifice and resurrection. I mean, to have that joyful marriage with a partner that's lifelong, that bears great fruit in our children and in the relationships that we have. And, and so I just, it made me think of my own, you know, our own, I should say, John and my sacramental prep for marriage and how beautiful it was. I still remember it today. Yeah, you know, yeah. Troy wasn't, my husband wasn't Catholic at the time. And so I was really unsure a little bit about how to, how to do that. Um, but in the end, it, it, I think it, I mean, he ended up converting eventually. And, and you were mentioning about the, the Lutheran uh, couple that was commenting. And, and I remember hearing those kind of comments too from, from the Protestant aisle um, at our own wedding. And, and it just really made me appreciate it all the more. And just this last year, um, I went to a, a couple of weddings of, of a single family. Now all of their three children have been married in a Catholic church. And uh, it's just amazing because that's rare these days, I yeah. think. You know? yeah. And it's so beautiful. Like you said, when you see it, it's just, there's, there's something, well, because it's divine, you know, it, it touches to the supernatural and it's not just an earthly thing at all. Right, right. And in the beginning when, when in Genesis, I mean, God laid down the foundation of marriage and it is so beautiful when you see it practiced out. It doesn't mean it's always easy. Oh I mean, no. it's, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. you have the sacramental preparation, this preparation for the sacramental marriage, which is so important, but, but there is a, a divine component. <laughs> uh, it is the number one component in that sacramental marriage. And if you lose touch with that, things aren't going to go well. You know, uh, fidelity to your spouse and fidelity to our God is mm -hmm. number one in successful marriages. And that is just so important. And, and, it, and number one for a priest, a vocation uh, to the priesthood or to the religious order, fidelity is so, so important. And that's mm -hmm. something that has been lost a bit in our society. I'm sure in the past as well, it's just you see it more mm -hmm. where where that isn't as defined as right. it should be. You know, one of the things I was thinking as, as we're looking at marriage, going back to the beginning, you know, you're with this one person, you have no idea what's going to happen. You know, it is, it is daunting. But think of, think of our children, like people that we didn't even know were going to exist, mm -hmm. you know, and now they do. And now you're a grandmother as well. And mm -hmm. it's like, wow, yeah. like God just keeps 
adding abundance to this to this yes that we said, not knowing what we were heading into, but it, it's it's kind of miraculous to look back and see see the people that came that weren't again in existence at that initial moment. God God knew it all, and 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 the important point again that I made before the break was that one little line in in that card back in at, at my own wedding was just keep God in your marriage. And I just think it's so simple, mm-hmm. but it was the only one that I remember. And I've had to rely on that so many times because if I had looked into that <laughs> unknown and, mm-hmm. and thought I would be doing it alone, I mean, even then I knew that God had to be a part of it. I remember being daunted by the, the statistics of divorce and thinking, I don't want to be one of those. How, how will we be different, you know? And yet I think also we can complicate things too much when we lack trust in God. And that's why having God in our lives every single second of every single minute of every single day is something that can give us great peace and great joy. You know, I know for a fact when I was dating John, of course we dated for five years <laughs> and I knew him for two years before. So I guess I did have a bit of an advantage already having him in my life as a good friend and and as someone I was dating. Um, so there was absolutely no questions, you know, that this was God's plan for us. I know for someone maybe dating three months, maybe they feel the same way, you know, if they have God part of that. Otherwise, I can see the questions that could just really wreak havoc in your your mind. But if you have God part of it and you know that he's the source of all good and beautiful things, you know that with him part of your marriage, it's going to be wonderful. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it doesn't mean like you don't have hardships along the road or whatever, but those are just growing pains that you grow in more closeness uh, to to God. In fact, you know, marriage is just helping your spouse get to heaven and all those little ones that are part of that marriage. And, and it is so much joy, so much joy. One of the parts of peace that I thought of in that time of wondering how it was all going to go and being worried about it was that both of our parents had struggled a lot, Mm -hmm. but they were still together. Mm -hmm. And there were even times where I wasn't sure. And you know, if my parents should be together now, I'm so grateful. I'm so grateful that they, they stuck it out. You know, it was such an example to me, Mm -hmm. but even as father just said, even if you don't have that, even if there is that brokenness, what a, what an optimistic perspective he has that we all can kind of jump in and create our own path. It doesn't have to be, you know, yes, you're going to bring some of that, that baggage with you. And yes, there's going to be things to work out. And yes, it, it will be hard at times. But God can break through that and transform. Right, you know? right. You know, just in the last couple of months, my mom had a, a horrible, horrible accident. Uh, uh, she was in a critical state. And what a witness it was to see my dad caring for my mom and not leaving her side. And just such a witness of that sacramental marriage at a time later in life, you know, when your health is, is um, in trouble uh, and, and just that steadfast love until death do us part. And thankfully my mom, you know, healed from that, but it was touch and go for a while. Mm-hmm. But to see that beauty and that desire mm-hmm. to have his life continue mm-hmm. with his bride. Right. I'm yes. getting choked up about yeah. it, but it is, it's just from the beginning until the end, and there's just so much joy and such a gift. So it, uh, what, a, what a blessing to be able to talk about marriage, especially with the assault on marriage today. Yes. I see pictures of couples that have been together a while, and it's, 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 I see it differently now. Uh-huh. I see what a gift it is because it is so hard. And I mean, even I'm in a, 
a Catholic Facebook group that encourages people whose marriages, Catholic marriages are falling apart. It is so daunting to see that. Mm -hmm. So when I see that picture of someone who's made it through, it's like you just know that the, the, that faith was there somehow and God, they, they were relying on that. You oh, know? And it's the only way it yeah. can, He's can always truly there, be there. But yeah. we can choose to, to depend on it or not. So. Right. You know, at the, the wedding dance on Saturday night and they had the couples out slow dancing, just the couples, and you know how they say, if you've been married for 10 years, then you can mm-hmm. still stay on the floor. And <laughs> John and I are like, we're... <laughs> 30 years last week <laughs> and, and it was like there were only two couples left wow. You're the <laughs> I'm like, going, the I'm like wow it kind of dated us <laughs> aged us I'm like really it's been that long <laughs> yeah but what a, what a witness though oh, right yeah it was kind of a proud moment actually yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know when we were there till the the only two were left and it was a big <laughs> wedding there were like almost 400 people there so it was like wow we but made it hopeful. to the last that's couple to them you know and that yeah. you were present right you were there and they have something to to look to what if what if no one had stood up after <laughs> 15 you know right years, so so for our listeners out there we are so grateful that you're joining us and just to really encourage those those young people in your lives uh who are who are dating other um other people just to that sacramental nature the important part we sat with a a couple and he looked at his daughter and he said if you're not getting married in the church i'm not coming <laughs> and it was really cute they all laughed and chuckled but you know seriously to all have out of, love, right? out, out of love you know to have that sacramental marriage there is a difference it's huge don't let but uh, anyway, so we're grateful to talk about marriage this morning. But next, we're going to have a very exciting time with Straight Talk. And so I'm... S- there it is. So we are so excited to let you know we have Father Kyle Metzger this morning to join us for Straight Talk. Welcome. Thank you. It's good to be here. Oh. Good to be here. He's looking very spry, just so you know, ready, ready for your questions. I got my coffee. <laughs> oh, coffee, but I tell you, we are so lucky to have Father Kyle Metzger with us for Straight Talk. There is not one question you could stump him on. So listeners out there, try, try. Don't, yeah, don't challenge them. I, you know, come on, Liz, we're on the same team here. <laughs> yeah, but I want all the right answers. So. All right. So uh, for our callers, uh, please call one 795 The call lines are open, and we would absolutely love to hear from you. Um, we... Um, can take any question on Facebook as well. So you can look us up on your Catholic radio station on Facebook and and submit your question that way. So Father Kyle, how are you this morning? I am doing great. I am doing great. How about yourself? Oh, it's, good. It's beautiful here uh, at the studios where we are in Fargo. So uh, it's 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 easy to be spry and <laughs> joyful and but now we're in the season of ordinary time. We just had the big, uh, the big feast here uh, this past Sunday with Pentecost. So now we're uh, back to uh, the day-to-day workings of our Catholic faith. So. And and you know, for our listeners, if you have any questions about Pentecost, what an incredible 
celebration, the birthday of the church. So if you have any questions about Pentecost, uh, Father Kyle Metzger would be happy to answer those questions for you. And Or maybe you don't have a question. Maybe you just want to call and visit about something that's on your mind. It could be something in the news. It could be, you know, there was just a document out of the Vatican just within the last couple of days. Only a 33-page document, but uh, that's, it's... That's uh, short by uh, Vatican yeah, standards. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And I hear it's pretty easy read, too. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, talk about, uh, you know, the dignity of every human person. I mean, that is constant every single day in the news, uh, you know, in our day-to-day life. You know, we are responsible for helping to ensure the dignity of every person that we meet, that we know, the stranger that we don't know. So ask Father Kyle Metzger how you can do that in your life. Um, also, we could talk about Humanae Vitae. What a great, great anniversary coming up. 50th anniversary. Yeah, came out um, um, in July. I think July 25th was the actual date. So yeah, we're... Um, we're coming up here in the 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 fiftieth anniversary of Humana Vita. Or was that last summer? When well, when was sixty eight? Yeah, last 68. summer nineteen yeah. uh, uh, nineteen sixty eight. So uh, my a little... birth year. So I always I'm a Humana Vita baby. <laughs> oh, so we're like in the midst of the fiftieth yeah, anniversary. Yeah, we're in the midst so, of the fiftieth anniversary. Well, that was so. never. Well, we should still talk about it. Well, it's, in, it's important as ever. Yeah, I mean, celebrated all year. <laughs> they call it the culture of life, which uh, was in many ways, you know, um, more so animated, brought into maybe a greater a greater prominence by that document. We've always been a church of life from our, our very beginnings, transformation of culture. But of course, uh, it, with modern technologies and all of that, um, uh, it was brought into greater focus mm-hmm. in 1968 and had ever since and has been an absolute hallmark the foundational bedrock upon a lot, even like Catholic culture, mm-hmm. you know, here in the United States, just so much animation in the youth and the, and, and the schools about how can we, we, more deeply understand the nature of the human person and its unique role in in in, in salvation uh, salvation and the glory of god yeah. yeah i i actually dove into it i again i have talked about my husband was a convert and so by then he was already catholic we our family was already started but we were having some discussions about humanity Vitae and contraception and such and just kind of, you know, as the culture around was saying, oh, are you going to have any more kids? And we had our boy and our girl. After all, it was the perfect thing. Why would you? Right. <laughs> People were quite. But anyway, I, I just went and found it down at Hurley's or whatever. And I just read it. We didn't. I wasn't really looking on the Internet. I think it was still dial up at, at that time or something. But I, wow, what a beautiful. I just was yeah. struck by the poetic beauty of it. It was just. It's not just something dry. It, it, there's something very deep and sacred and beautiful about it. So. There really is. And and tragically, I'm always uh, uh, somewhat sad and shocked at how few have really dove into it. Right, right now, I'm in, in, involved in vocations ministry, uh, primarily with the seminarians. But back when I was in parish ministry, and uh, you know, large focus was was preparing couples for the sacrament of matrimony. Meet with meeting with them several times. And of course, you know, human sexuality is very prominent, uh, a hallmark of Christian marriage. And so we would talk about, you know, humane vitae and, and whatnot, and how few had read it. You know, even today, 50 years later, how few had read it. And, you know, you were joking earlier, Liz, about the 30-page document of the, of the Vatican, which is short. Humane vitae is even shorter. Yeah. Right? We're talking like maybe 10 printed pages. Um, so it's, it's breathtakingly short, very condensed, but... Um, 
uh, and very readable. You know, it is a very readable document, mm-hmm. and it prevent it presents just a very beautiful vision of married life. And also, there's you know a, a famous section where he offers predictions. You know, if we go down this path of contraception, this is what's going to happen. It and is very prophetic. Now it's it's right. It's yeah. an absolute prophetic document. I think there's six concrete predictions that that uh, Pope Paul VI had, um, and they are all absolutely been proven true. So it's a it's a short document. It's a very worthy document, um, easily accessible on the internet. If you oh, haven't read it, go go find it. It's out there. Yeah, yeah definitely. So we're doing our straight talk segment here with Father Kyle Medsker, and looks like someone. Yeah, has we a have Pam from Wimbledon on the line. Hi, Pam. Welcome. What's your question? Well, well, I don't have a question. I have a prayer request. Oh, and fantastic! Father Metzger was just up in our church. He filled in for Father Mulligan, who is on a very lazy vacation. <laughs> and, uh, Hopefully he's not so listening, Pam. We are very appreciative that he, he was able to fill in. And um, my husband and I were gift bearers and ushers on Sunday while Father Metzger was here. And our little grandson helped us take the gifts up. Our little grandson is not baptized Catholic. His parents are getting married in Duluth. And I know you just had a father on there from Duluth yes. talking about marriage. And my prayer request is that my daughter will have a change of heart. And I know she's getting married in a, you know, she's um, attending a non-denominational church currently. And uh, her daughter, her oldest, her other grandchild, is baptized Catholic. However, they chose not to get the son baptized because her future husband um, was not brought up in any faith at all. And I think she's trying to uh, maybe please him in a way that, that brings him into the marriage that, that um, she thinks is best not to um, put him out, so to speak, so that he's not feeling not included within our Catholic family. We are very Catholic. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where she's going with this. It doesn't make sense to me, but I, under, I understand it enough to, to pray about it mm-hmm. uh, um, daily. So I'm asking for prayers from Father Mesker as well, that he'll keep her in our prayers, that she'll have a change of heart. And at least decide to have her marriage blessed by a priest in the Catholic in the Catholic Church. So it's a, it's a very um, uh, I wouldn't say common concern, but it's not uncommon. Perhaps you could Correct. say, and um, it's it's a it's a great um, you know scenario to kind of address because Pam, you're you're not alone in this. I can tell you uh, for sure. How uh, how old is your grandson, Pam? Our grandson just turned two on January 2nd, oh. so he's about two and a half. <laughs> no. two years, what a cute age. A fun age, a fun age. Um, yeah. Pam, uh, Pam mentioned um, having the marriage blessed, which is a is a, a ceremony called a convalidation. That's the technical mm-hmm. term in it uh, in the church, a convalidation. And so if, if there is a, is a couple who, uh, who was married... Um, outside the church and maybe a Protestant service or maybe, you know, a couple that got married young and wasn't really thinking and they, they flew down to Cabo, you know, and they just had it uh, on the beach or whatnot. And years later, they're, they're, they're kind of reengaging in their faith and, and they want to um, be right with the church. They would, they would approach their pastor um, and ask to have their marriage convalidated. Oftentimes it's referred to as bless the marriage. The technical term is to have the marriage convalidated. And so what that would involve is usually there's a condensed marriage preparation process. People who are having their marriages convalidated are, are oftentimes have been in those relationships for several years, maybe in a decade or more. So they're pretty stable. So we're not going to make them go through the entire marriage preparation process with, you know, these young, you know, couples who are who are still kind of getting to know each other. But they're, they're, um, 
uh, they'll go through kind of the sacramental nature of the marriage. Maybe they'll have them attend a marriage weekend uh, retreat or a seminar or things like that. And then what you will go through is you will go through the actual marriage ceremony that was not gone through previously. Usually the ceremony is, is a little bit more subdued, you know, just kind of some close family members. But if you would like to do the whole ceremony with an organist and cantor and everything, you certainly can. But the main thing is to profess those vows in the presence of a priest. Mm-hmm. That's, that's the heart of what it is. And at that moment, then the marriage becomes sacramental. Previous to that, we would say that it's, it's kind of a natural union. You know, the union of Adam and Eve, you know, a, a beautiful uh, a, a, a union, but not sacramental. It doesn't evoke the grace that Christ came and brought to us. And so at that moment that the convalidation happens, then the union becomes sacramental. It becomes blessed by God. It becomes a, a means of grace for, uh, for the couple. So um, the, the church in her mercy provides an avenue for couples who got married outside the church in order to have that marriage consecrated and, and made a sacramental union. It's called the convalidation. Well, Pam, we are so grateful for your call, and definitely we will be praying for your daughter and for uh, her husband and the two kids as well. I just want to add to Pam. Pam, this is Roxanne, and I just want to add, I just talked to a friend this morning by text who is a grandmother and has a great influence in her little grandchildren's lives. Don't underestimate your example by just living out your Catholic faith and how that will affect that child and and your whole family. Very, very, very good point. Well, thank you so much. I don't underestimate it. That's why we took the gifts up and had him go up with us, because I know he probably won't remember it, but I hope it makes enough of an impact for him to question it. Oh, I I think he will remember it. It's amazing, those little minds. Well, thank you, Pam, so much for calling. Thank you, Father Metzger, for filling in for Father Mulligan. I'm not going to say you filled his shoes, but you did a pretty good job trying to. <laughs> it, it's tough to fill that Irish pastor's oh, shoes. Yeah, and Father Mulligan is yeah. great. He baptized our granddaughter, and he was up at Holy Spirit prior, so he is a yep, great, yep. great, well, great priest. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you so much, Thank you Pam. for your answer, Father Mulligan. That was awesome. I appreciate it. God bless. Or excuse me, Father Mesker. <laughs> I know who you were talking about. <laughs> we Pam. know. You got really the father, so that's good. <laughs> God bless, Pam. Have a Thank wonderful you. afternoon. Yep, you as well. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, well, we'd like to welcome Bill from Moorhead. Bill, thank you for joining us this morning. Well, good morning. How are you, how are you ladies doing? Oh, we're good, Great. good. And we're so glad to hear from you, Bill. What would you like to talk well, to a, us about? What, what I'd like to bring up is... Uh, you know, I was, uh, before I, I married Roberta, I was married before, and uh, it turned into a rocky marriage, and we eventually split up and got divorced and the annulment and everything like that. But there's a program that's in use today, and, and friends of mine are involved with it. It's called Retrovise, about if you get into a troubled marriage, you know, you just give up, or I know... Both of you are in good marriages, but what what do you do when you get into a marriage where you just seem like the only thing you can do is get divorced? You know, uh, how can you deal with that? And uh, I think because I know some people are might be listening right now who are in that kind of a situation, and what can they do? How can they get help with healing their marriage? 
It's a great uh, a, a great thing to bring up, and, I, and I'm glad, Bill, that you're familiar with the RetroVi program, which is a very, very worthy program that uh, several dioceses are, are implementing. In the Fargo Diocese, which I'm a, a priest of, we uh, brought that to the diocese maybe a few years ago and, uh, and are only increasing it. I know it's in, in several dioceses around me, too. RetroVi, a French word— um, meaning kind of restore, rejuvenate, or whatnot. And so to, re- to restore kind of the love, the, the harmony in a marriage. And Retrovi is a program where it's mainly one weekend where couples come together. And, um, uh, and these couples are oftentimes in very, very volatile relationships. These are not just kind of a few hard times or some rough conversations. These are people who are really on the rocks. They are ready to file papers. Um, and so they, they come to this weekend and, uh, and they, they are, uh, it's a series of talks, kind of encounters, people sharing uh, uh, who themselves were in volatile relationships and they were ready to divorce and how they sought healing where they're, uh, where they were able to seek forgiveness and to and to heal from that, it's it's very non-confrontational for the couples who are participants because usually they they just they they don't want to talk about it they don't want to go there that they don't want to open up with strangers so you come to this first weekend and you just receive you receive you receive you receive and then after that it provides a foundation for then you and your spouse to go forward from there um, the couples who have gone to the retrovi weekend. Who's, who've mentioned to me says it was absolutely transformative. It was absolutely transformative. You know, that you hear kind of sh- sh- uh, sharings from these other couples who are on the rocks. And again, like they were ready to crash. And, they, and couples oftentimes say, wow, if they can find healing, honey, we can too. Oh, that's beautiful. And, and it very much needed. You know, marriage is, is difficult. There's no doubt it's difficult and uh, increasingly so with, you know, a lot of different attacks and with culture, there's unique challenges that, that are present in marriages, maybe that weren't in generations past. And so it, it's difficult. And thanks be to God, the church answers a need. And so it, it's definitely a need here that couples need help. Uh, and the church, you know, exalts the, the culture of life, the cultures of marriage. And so the church wants to bring healing to those marriages that are suffering. And so the Retrovi program is one program that's, that's growing in prominence, that it is very, very worthy. So if, if you're in a difficult marriage or you know somebody who is, probably the best thing to do is just approach your pastor um, and say, you know, I heard about this, this RetroVi program for, for uh, struggling marriages. Do you have any information on that? That's going to be the best way is, is that first contact with your pastor. Well, that that is wonderful, Father Kyle. And Bill, I can't thank you enough for for your comment and how that led us into a conversation with Retrovi. Bill, I I know that you and Roberta had such a beautiful holy marriage, and it still brings tears to my eyes to this day, the fact that you asked Father Mike permission to sleep in the church with Roberta's casket that night after her wake. And what a beautiful example and witness you gave for your love to Roberta in doing so. It still brings tears to my eyes when I, I remember that moment. So thank you for joining us, Bill. So just a reminder, if you could call one 795 and we have Father Kyle Metzger joining us for Straight Talk and still haven't stumped him yet. So I'm hoping somebody <laughs> calls from our listening area to, to just stump him good. <laughs> I have another thought too about marriages and, and what to do in those cases. Um, one would be to surround yourself, try to find 
other couples that that are making it work and that are deeply committed to their faith and and try to try to cling to them, you know, rather than kind of surrounding yourself with people that are going to encourage you to divorce or even to find a good Catholic counselor that um, will, even if it's just you, even if it's, if it's not the other partner isn't ready to, to go forward with that. But, but again, to find those solid people in your life that can, that can affirm and pour that in. And then just prayer, of course, mm-hmm. you know, uh, doing a novena or, or something, but just clinging to God. Um, there's a, a book by uh, Elizabeth Lesur who was in a, a, a troubled marriage. She ended up dying of cancer. She's a, um, they're, She's on the way to sainthood, hopefully. Her cause is out there. But her husband found her journals um, after kind of deriding her faith, and she very privately kept her thoughts in a journal and stayed very close to God during this difficult marriage. And he ended up converting and becoming a priest. So it's very inspirational that mm-hmm. you can really make it through some of the most difficult situations mm-hmm. God can break through. So yeah, One of the but be- God is the key. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> He needs to be part of it. Right. You know, in that healing and that mercy and that love. Yeah, but as as, as Roxanne said too, uh, alluding to prayer in 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 our faith, we have many married saints too. Mm-hmm. You know, we we oftentimes think of priests and bishops and nuns. We have married saints. You know, a couple prominent that come to mind is Saint Anne and Joachim. We have a parish mm-hmm. that you know I've been very involved with in the past. Uh, the the mother and father of Mary, they found sanctity in their marriage, yes. how they raised their daughter, and um, the the parents of Saint Therese of Lisieux, Zelie and is it Louis Martin, Zelie and Louis Martin? Yes, that's I, right. I, I believe so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and and Louis, you know, struggled with mental illness, so it, it was a it was a difficult marriage, you know, if, if in very natural means, but. Through their marriage and the sanctification of their children, they have several daughters who went into the, into the into the monastery. They found holiness in their marriage, and it wasn't a cakewalk. No, and 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 that's why they are saints is because they fought for their marriage, that they sanctified their children, brought them up in the faith, and so when your marriage is struggling, we have saints in the church who can be your worthy intercessors who were where you are. Right. But it's in that that the Lord entered in and brought them to holiness. Mm-hmm. There's others. Well, I'm thinking of St. Gianna, who's more of our time, even though her husband's not a saint yet, at least. Right. Um, I know. I think, anyway, I, I, she could be an, a model because they had a holy marriage and it was, it was within our time, too. Yeah. So very reachable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact, her daughter talks about uh, her dad, mm-hmm. you know, being a very saintly person, even though it hasn't been recognized by the church yet. Mm-hmm. She does really recognize his holy life yes. and, and yes. how special that is. Wow, we have another caller. Wonderful. We have Steve from Sioux Falls. Steve, welcome. What is your question? Hey. Hi, good morning, girls. How are you? Very good. Good, good. Hey, Father. Uh, I got, I, I'm part of an AA meeting, and a couple guys were discussing that uh, Pope Francis changed the Our Father prayer, uh, I guess, uh, recently, and I I didn't do any uh, research on this and whatnot, but I was just kind of wondering, is this true, and what are your thoughts on that? It is true. Um, it, it's something that, that's kind of come into prominence perhaps over the last couple of years, the, 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 the translation of the Our Father. We get the Our Father from the uh, uh, two Gospels, mainly the Gospel of Matthew. It comes in the Sermon on the Mount. The Lord teaches his disciples how to pray, and he gives them the Our Father. Now, the, the, the Gospel of Matthew is 
was originally written in Greek, okay? So that you have the Greek text, but then when you translate that Greek into the different cultures, translation is an art, okay? It's not a science, it's an art. So how do you capture the meaning of the text? How do you capture the precise words? And what did the words mean at that time? Have the words kind of developed and evolved over the time to mean to mean something different. So it's an art. And the 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 line um, that you're addressing that's um, that that the Holy Father is kind of musing about is the line, lead us not into temptation. Uh, you're asking the Father to lead us not into temptation. And of course, in our theology is God, God would never tempt us. God doesn't do that. And so the question is, is what does that line mean and how can it be translated? And properly how it's understood is that God wants to protect us from temptation, protect us from temptation. But it's been translated over the centuries, the millennia, as lead us not into temptation. And so there's this balance between are people being confused by that line and thinking, you know, inappropriate things that God God could tempt us to do evil? Of course, that's not the case. But how can we be attentive to the words? So I think it was last year, or maybe a couple of years ago, that they did change the translation in French. There may have been other languages as well, but they did change the translation in French. And it, uh, it's something to the effect of, um, let us not fall into temptation, I think is what it was translated into French. And then it sounds like recently um, that there's been a similar change in the Italian. And so that's what, uh, what the, 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 your, your, your friends are referring to. And I'm not totally up up to speed on this, but I do think it was changed in Italian. Now, this is, it is somewhat of a controversial decision because, like I said, translation is an art. In the Greek, there's no verb fall, okay? There is the word lead, okay? So when you make these to try to correct the theology, to correct the understanding, but now you're introducing words that are clearly not in the text that some people find is problematic. So, so it's a balance between getting the right meaning, but being attentive to the words. And it seems that Pope Francis right now is more sympathetic to the proper meaning, the proper interpretation, whereas others might be more sympathetic to wanting to be attentive to the text. And the word fall into temptation is not there. Adding to the mix, okay? <laughs> this is a very messy situation. Adding to the mix is that... Um, Jesus, when he's interacting with his apostles, most likely their native tongue was Aramaic. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when Jesus taught his disciples to pray, it's most likely that the prayer that he gave them was in Aramaic. So, what would the word have been in Aramaic that he would have used? Of course, that's lost to history. We don't know that. However, when it was translated, when Matthew recorded it, he wrote it in Greek, so he had his own translation scheme from taking what Jesus taught me and then how am I going to script that in Greek? Now, we would say then, well, regardless, Jesus spoke it in Aramaic. The Greek that was recorded is the inspired word of God. Okay, that's from the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. So we don't have to quibble about, did Matthew get it right? Right. It doesn't matter. The church has spoken. This is inspired text. So the Greek is there. That wouldn't have been what Jesus spoke, but the Greek is inspired scripture. Now, how do we take the Greek and properly capture the words and also the meaning? That's a difficult process. Is it going to change in English? I don't know. I don't know. It could. 
um, uh, uh, but and and it has kind of gained some momentum in some uh, in, in some other European countries. What will happen in English? I don't know. That will be kind of at the prompting of the Pope and then the commissions on, on, on languages and translations that that are tasked with finding the right words to translate the original languages. Wow. Well, thank you for such a great question, Steve. Uh, did, did you have anything else to ask about that? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just wondering, uh, so as of right now, we just uh, keep saying the same prayer in Mass, right? We do. We do that. Uh, that uh, that does not change the prayer in mass. The prayer, uh, the Our Father in the liturgy of hours. When you're praying it with 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 friends, the, the Our Father in English has not changed. Interesting too, if I could add one additional aspect of to that. We remember, I think it was back in 2013, 2012, that when the Roman Missal was changed, mm-hmm. was translated mm-hmm. from Mass. The Our Father was was kept intact. Now, the Our Father that we have is really kind of a 17th century translation. You know, we say Our Father who art in heaven. Who says art anymore, right? <laughs> we say are or is Our Father who is in heaven. The bishops decided not to retranslate the Our Father and kind of bring those R's, arts, thou's, thy's, not bring them up into modern usage because for two reasons. One, there is kind of a, an elevated language there, art and thy, that kind of adds a certain dignity to the prayer. The other rationality for that is because it provides a healthy uh, a bridge to Protestants. Okay, mm-hmm. and so we wouldn't want to have the Catholic our Father and then the Protestant our Father. Like we don't need to muddy those waters. Sure. It's just unnecessary. So they did not retranslate the Our Father. There could be a certain element that would be helpful here. You know, we don't want to have a Catholic our Father and the Protestant our Father. We just want to have the Our Father or the Lord's Prayer. And so retranslating it kind of makes that complication, you know, because then if it were retranslated, we would say it in Mass and we would become accustomed to it in the Rosary and all this stuff. And then when we would pray with our fathers, all of a sudden we'd have this clash when we tried to pray together. And it's just, is that necessary? Like, do we want to go there? And so it's, it's a simple issue and a very complicated, messy issue all at the same time. So... Personally, I just hope we don't touch it. <laughs> but there, there, there could be a certain wisdom to re-exploring it for for those other reasons. Sure, sure. Well, what what a fantastic uh, answer and insight to all of that, Father Kyle. We still haven't stumped him, have we, Steve? <laughs> so, no, I was, I, was, I, was, I was hoping that one was going to do it. Good. That was a very thorough answer, and I just have oh, to tell you, my amazing. husband brought it up because he had read an article just this weekend. Yeah, and so then we kind of had this little thing at dinner, you know, talking to our boys, and then we get to mass, and it it, it was the same. And Adam looked at me and said, "I thought it was supposed to change." <laughs> <laughs> and, like, and then I had to kind of quick whisper, "Well, it's not everywhere, you know." And I, but now I can just replay this for him and he can have the whole <laughs> exactly <laughs> now we have the words for it as steve you do too so thank you so much yeah. for your call and have a beautiful day down in sioux falls yeah yeah thank you take Th- care guys thank ha- you have you all ever been to the cathedral in sioux falls 
No, I haven't. I've I've seen pictures, though. If you ever drive through Sioux Falls, get off the interstate and see the cathedral. It was designed by the same architect who did the um, cathedral in uh, Minneapolis-St. Paul. Oh, wow. And so it's on a smaller scale, but it's very beautiful. And I think they they did a restoration project maybe a decade or so ago, and they did it very well. Um, uh, Notre Dame should consult the people who who Mm. redid the restoration there. Wow. It's a beautiful cathedral they have there in St. Paul. That is or not wonderful. St. Paul, in Sioux Falls. In Sioux Falls. <laughs> Sioux Falls. Oh, but we thank you so much, Kyle, Father that Kyle Metzger, for being here. We wow. Have done that. Could have we have done Boy, Are we done? It, yes. It's amazing. Those questions were so, so fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Well, straight talk happens because of you. So thank you so much for your calls and listening to Real Presence Radio.